This is the Frontier Podcast, powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at The Frontier Pod. Do we take software demos for granted? Should we be investing more energy and attention into demo UX? CEO and founder of Amadim, Greg Dickinson, believes so. Amadim's solution helps companies craft interactive software demo experiences, intelligently delivering answers to would-be buyers' questions in real time. As internet culture wreaks havoc on our attention spans, would-be customers eschew the traditional solution evaluation process. Customers demand instant understanding and rapid results. Amadim achieves this by using analytics to dissect customer data and unpack the intent of buyers with instant fractional demos that answer objections on the fly. If you want to understand the buyer's journey and the best way to connect with customers, this episode is a great place to start. Hey, Greg, it's great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Ledge, my pleasure. Looking forward to it. So I know uh, from our offline meeting that, that you are an expert in demoing and selling software and uh, I've actually taken that so far from your career to develop a, an evolutionary product, you know, sort of in that space. Obviously, you're talking to a lot of product people, uh, a lot of engineers, uh, people who develop and sell you know, software for a living. So this is very pertinent to us. We'd love if you would tell your personal story just to get us kicked off. And then, you know, dive into what you and your company are doing. Sure. Well, thanks a lot. So, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I, I, I've been in the software industry for uh, 30 years now. I got out of the Air Force and got right into it. And, and computer science was my background. And the first, you know, kind of job I took with an enterprise company was uh, as a pre-sales engineer. And it was my job to, you know, demo the software and make it dance and make all the, all the customers understand, you know, and solve problems. And, you know, Went on and did a lot of other jobs at that first company called Ariba. But um, after leaving Ariba, I did another startup and then another startup and then another startup. And and when you are the founder um, and you're selling software, someone has to give the demo. So I've always been for my whole career. You know, it seems like I'm the one that, uh, and I love doing it, giving the, you know, the software demos. But to your point, as we've seen a shift and a real big change in the way buyers are buying products today. The product itself, right, where, you know, let's go back 20 years ago when I was a pre-sales engineer at Ariba, the product was later in the sales cycle. And there was, uh, you know, the, the, in order for the buyer to get any information about your company, they had to come to you, right? You, They were very dependent on company XYZ giving the information. Today, right, the internet, all salespeople use the internet. Well, guess what? All buyers do too, right? So they're much less dependent, more independent. And as they're independent, they're looking for that product experience much sooner in their buyer's journey. And, you know, some companies to kind of draw an analogy like a Spotify or a Zoom or Expensify have actually gone to trials, right? And allowed you to kind of do a self-demo by just, hey, I'm going to download the software, I'm going to play with it. And that works for a very small subset. But, you know, those buyers that may buy Spotify, maybe tomorrow trying to buy a, a software that's more complex. And unfortunately, right, the demo process is stuck you know, in the 1997, 1998 timeframe where you got to go to a person and you got to have that process. So that's what we attacked. We said, if the buyers want the product sooner and gosh, darn it, you're a software company, you're selling software. That's kind of your most important asset. Is there a way 
that we could augment the existing demo process by making the software available you know, to a buyer much earlier in the buyer's journey and get them engaged that way. And so that's what our, our, our technology is about. And very simply, you know, I'm not going to get here and go into all the details. not fair to your audience. We're here today for them. But think about uh, taking a demo today, recording it, and putting an Alexa-like experience on top of it. So what our software does that's unique is allows, you know, Greg or someone else to walk up to a user interface and ask a question. Does your software do this? How does it do this? Where does it add value? It finds the right video and it finds the right minute in video where that's being demonstrated. So it, it allows that user to get in, get their five or six questions they want answered and get out. Because the other problem is our attention spans are no longer 60 minutes, right? The average time on YouTube is two minutes and 37 seconds. So that's kind of what we're working on, but it's all about you know, how do we help companies, right? Uh, you know, get people to more people to experience your product, the more customers you have. Yeah. And you know a lot about the, I guess the demo to sale conversion then um, from, from your experience. So, you know, how critical is this for every type of software? Like, you know, maybe a B2C, I think, or, um, you know, sort of a less pro experience. You could do that free trial, you know, Hey, look, all you need to do, give us your email and just sign up and give it a shot. Cause it's a simple UI and you know, we expect it adds value and then maybe we'll get you to upgrade later. I think that's premium model. Well, well tried, well played. I imagine the more complex the system gets, um, particularly in the B2B sphere, you're going to have to have uh, a constellation buying process where a bunch of different stakeholders are getting in and hard to get at the one table, you know, do a screen share. Well, get everybody who might care in the room and get on the Zoom and I'll share screen and walk you through. And I'll answer all your questions for three and a half hours. Like it's not going to happen, right? So right, right, I know right. that's a, a three month that. journey right there, right? Just right. try to get four people on the same calendar itself. But yeah. Right. And they all don't care and they're looking at six other vendors. So I mean, that's that's the, the human condition I guess you're trying to deal with. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've hit on a whole bunch of things. So let's peel it back a little bit. So, you know, first of all, that trial, you know, I draw the analogy that in the late 90s, early 2000s, so Salesforce came out with, with software as a service. And as soon as it started taking hold, every company wanted to go that route. Every company couldn't go that route, right? It took time for you to A, make your technology kind of SaaS and B, make your business model SaaS and then C, make your company kind of organized around that model. That's the same thing that's happened with trials. It's working really good for Spotify and Zoom and Expensify. But the other statistic that says companies that have gone to trials, their conversion rate is two to 4%. That's not good, right? And it's because A, the software really isn't ready to be self trial or self-demo, number one. Number two, the, the, the support infrastructure, right, is much different for a, what they call a product-led, you know, kind of trial company. So that was the first point you made. And I don't, I don't really think that matters whether it's B2C or B2B. If the, if the company and the product are not in a, in a point where, you know, Ledge can download it and get the full breadth of the value. You may be able to download it and use one function, but if it doesn't help you understand the full breadth of the value, you probably won't buy it, right? Because you're you're not buying software to solve one, you know, simple problem. You want to understand the full breadth. So, you know, we see that quite a bit conversion rates. And then and then you hit the nail on the head specifically for two reasons. One is in B2B, the buying teams now, according to all the research, are anywhere from six to nine people. Yeah, coordinate six to nine people on a on a on a on a one hour demo. Okay, great. You finally get it accomplished three weeks later. Half of them forget why they signed up for the demo. The other half are doing text and tweeting and all the other things because 
the finance buyer says, I really want to understand the ROI. The person never talked about ROI. The technical buyer has like two questions. Tell me about your security. Tell me about this. The business buyer, you know, so it's just not when we were selling software 20 years ago and the accounts payable person was buying it, the accounts payable person was on the phone. Yeah. 60 minutes was relative, really relative to that person, right? It's no longer that way, right? We have, because so many people use technology, it, it, the buying teams are, 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 are much different. So you hit a few things that, that impact the overall demo process in general, my, forget my technology, just overall, you know, how do you sell more effectively? It's interesting I don't know if you've seen the research, but Gartner put out a great study. And one of the stats was that today, when a buyer is going through a journey, the seller only gets 5% of the buyer's time. That means 95% of the time they're on their own. You know, problem discovery, justification, validation, consensus. So, gosh, if your product is only available during a controlled, you know, Zoom meeting, Who's representing you at the table when they're making the validation decision? And 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 Legend Gregor talking, saying, "Gosh, did that company do workflow?" No, nah, I don't think they did. Okay, they didn't cross it off. Let's move to the next one. Gosh, bad, right? Very bad for you. So this next, right? Yeah. Well, and then you know everybody's setting up their own grid in a spreadsheet, and they're checking the boxes, and you know, and if it's hard to find on their website if they do this thing, let's just call it a maybe and give them one point instead of five. And- yeah. yeah, and 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 you know, there's a reason why forty percent of all sales cycles end in in a in a loss, right? And a loss doesn't mean you lost it. It means forty percent of the time it's no decision because they couldn't come to a decision because they didn't have you know the buyer didn't have what they needed at their disposal to come to a good conclusion. So you know, it's it's really this you know this digital buyer that has access to the internet that that it has a propensity to want to learn and do it on their own. And the other thing that's really interesting is that. We do a lot of work with businesses that are selling more B2C almost, but B2B companies selling to small SMB businesses, the, the gym owner, the dentist office, the doctor's office, the florist. You know why? They're struggling because if you're a doctor, you cannot buy anything from eight in the morning to six at night. You're doing office calls. You don't have time to buy. If you're a gym owner, I talked to one the other day. She's like, yeah, they scheduled the demo for two o'clock. That's my busiest yoga class. Like that's when I make my money. I don't make my money early in the morning before. And so if you're an enterprise company, you're trying to sell to that market, you're struggling with the fact that how do you sell to a buyer that's running a business all day? And, and, and because they have technology like the internet, they think they should be able to learn from you at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night or four o'clock in the morning. What? Try scheduling, you know, the demo at that time, right? Or, Hey, I want to do a demo with you at 8 a.m. Saturday. You're like, well, it's Saturday. You could be kidding me. So you know, it's it just right, right. But I um, mean, you know, the entrepreneur who is an operator is, is going to think that way. Just well, I'm working, exactly, you should work. Exactly, you want my business, right? Because yeah. it's not easy. So I think there's a, a lot of that. It's really, I used to, when I started Amadim, I, I kind of thought about this question of I kept hearing about the buyer's change and the fourth year in garden research. And I kept saying to myself, so what? Like, like until you can connect the dots and why it matters to me, I don't care. And now we found that. You know, this this buyer only giving 5%. The second thing is that 77% of all buyers say that you as a vendor add complexity and frustration to the buying process. Well, guess what? Human nature says, if it's hard, well, I'm going to do something else, right? And so we're really starting to get the, uh, feel the effects, right, of this, of this uh, buyer's world. And the fact that co- customer acquisition costs are up 55% in five years really kind of puts it on the table that it's harder and harder to be you know, running a SaaS software company successfully. Easy to start them or easier, right? Because of the you know cloud makes it cheap and inexpensive, but 
making them successful and scaling is harder and harder. So, you know, I think that's where companies are starting to try to figure out how can I enable that buyer to buy, which is what we're focused on. And where does the, you know, because I've been the the human sales rep, right? And I've done the, you know, sort of done the demos and we all hate doing it. I mean, what we want to do is get in there. We want to close a deal with a well-informed buyer. So how do you work with clients on, you know, okay, uh, the product is going to step in here and, and take a lot of that demo crappiness off the table and make it more effective. Where does the human, you know, people buy from people, uh, where does the rep then then step in? How does that workflow go? Yeah. Cause it's, it's a change of mindset then if you're rep- yeah. doing demos well, all day. Well, so, so, so think of it as we're not in any way, shape or form. And, and, and based on my background, I hope you, you, you agree that I'm not trying to replace the demo. What I'm doing is trying to augment. So let me give you three simple examples. So today, if you and I were to, you know, said, Hey, let's go out and get some really cool podcast management software. We'd go to a website, we'd read a little bit about it. And we'd say, gosh, I wish I could see it. You click on the request a demo button. What comes up a form? 85% of all buyers abandon that process, right? They bounce. So what we're saying is, Hey, if you make the demo available there, then you're going to get a wider funnel of opportunities. You're going to get opportunities you didn't know about because they were leaving in the past. So let's open the funnel up and allow the product to be a customer acquisition tool, drive your MQLs, your DQLs, whatever, but allow that demo to be a part of that early buying process. Now, let's move it a little bit further down the line. They, they do engage in that and they do want to learn more and, they, and, and finally talk to the salesperson, right? So- you know, the salesperson can say, hey, listen, you've experienced our demo online. I want to build my relationship with you. Then the sales cycle moves to, um, hey, we need you to do a 60-minute, 90-minute, fully scripted, you know, custom demo for our organization. You do it. Today, what happens is that the next day or day after someone calls and says, hey, um, you know, uh, so-and-so wasn't in the meeting. We need to redo the demo. But they're an executive, so they're not going to sit through 90 minutes. This happens, you know, our customers tell us 95 to 98% of the time. So with our software, you'd record that custom 90-minute demo, make it available so that executive can go back and say, oh, what are the four questions my team asked? I want to I want to know what they asked. I want to know what the answers were. I want to look at the software. They're in and out in five minutes, and they gave their blessing. So what we're doing is we're giving really that that salesperson that's worked their tail off that built that relationship a connection to the digital buyer that's going to be doing a lot of the work on their own if you only get five percent of the time build the best relationship you can don't waste the, the buyer's time but now when the buyer is alone provide that connection with the demo or other information they ask for so they can readily find it get it and consume it during their decision making process so we're augmenting what's there Based on the fact that, hey, think about it this way, right? People don't necessarily go to a car lot anymore, so Carvana will bring it to your house. Still buying a car, right? But I make the buying process either. Uber said, hey, people are frustrated by sitting out in a pouring rain in downtown Nashville trying to get a cab, so I'm going to offer them the same product, but I'm going to make the buying experience much easier, right? Same thing with Netflix, right? Same movie, better buying process. So what we're suggesting is let's make the buying process better, same product, same people involved, same amount of attention, but make your give you another tool in your you know kind of arrow in your quiver. Make yeah. sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you can see exactly where you know that that would be useful for all those people that you know sort of escaped the funnel before you could even know about them. And I, I know enough from at least on the enterprise buying space or a large enough business is not. 
doing that evaluation at the executive level. The executive level is going to be the approver. The evaluation of 10 different vendors or what have you is happening in a delegated fashion. And um, those are the people that can very easily leave your solution off the list because it was just too much of a pain in the ass to, to yeah, figure out yeah, what it yeah. did. So, right? you know, and, and, um, and play right along with that, right? The, 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 there was a, one of the companies that does those report, uh, recorded phone calls and then does analysis, right? I'm not going to mention their name, but there's two or three of them that do that. They produced a study that said that, let me get through a fact right, 75% of, of all buyers on a sales call with an inside salesperson asked to see the product within the first minute. Well, if your process is great, I'm glad you asked, but let me tell you instead of about the product, let me tell you about our process in order for you to see the product. You've now frustrated, irritated buyer. Why can't you say, hey, I need a few more questions answered, but I'm going to give you access to a fully functional demo environment where you can ask your own questions and drive your own content and you can visit it 24 hours a day, seven, seven days a week right now, maybe that's an opportunity that you would have lost. Now you are engaged because, you know, like anything else, if, if they, if you make that experience better for the person, you've already started building up a level of trust. So all we're trying to do is augment and, and, and kind of really get past some of those really bad things that are happening because of the fact that the demo is the same as it was in 1997 when I gave my first one and video today until us was consumption around play, pause, fast forward and rewind. I want to be able to consume the video my way, right? The way I do, I ask my Alexa to get me something. The answer comes right back. How about I ask a video and it comes right back, right? Much different, not much different world for that buyer. Not end of the story, not to replace the, the later on custom, really detailed dive demo. But, uh, you know, uh, I want to test drive with a car. I want to test drive it now. I don't want you driving it for me. Because then you know where all the buttons are. I want to know how hard it is to use the radio. How hard is it to put cruise control on? That's why you do a demo. I want to know. And so, right? So, just from a since we have a technical audience, from a, a technology standpoint, we know video then is at the the root of this. You must be indexing in some way and able to click around the video. So it's like a bunch of hotspots, I guess, or something like that. And and how are you actually indexing such that you can um, answer a question about what you know, what comes up Yeah, yeah. relative so to the, the question. It's a whole bunch of different stuff, right, that goes into it. But but in, at, at the most basic level, you ingest your MP4 video, right, uh, or PDF, whatever, into our platform. Yes, we 100% decouple the audio and video channels, transcribe the audio into, a, uh, into text such that I can then make it a searchable text that's linked back to the video, right, clearly, because I want to know when you said parallel workflow, and then I put a, a a natural language processing search interface on top of that, so that you can ask, you know, kind of contextual type questions. So the user can type in a question, can ask a question. They can also look at topics. So it will automatically parse out parallel workflow, credit card processing, new users, so that you know some of our customers, prospects want to learn by browsing through topics. Others want to ask questions. And then the third way to consume is the customer, my customer, can kind of put a roadmap in there. So a, like a journey for you and be able to say, hey, start here and, and here's some questions we think you may be interested in as a new you know, kind of visitor to our, so we call those recommended questions. So given that prospect kind of a different way to consume your sales deck that you recorded and did a voiceover. So it's kind of now fun and act interactive, a, you know, a, a demonstration, a webinar that was conducted, right? Your CEO message, all those things, people 
like to consume video. It's nine times more, uh, you know, relevant than, than reading. It's retained better. Um, and, you know, people can get it, you know, right now, like you and I are doing, right? I can get it. I don't have to sit there and, you know, get and read it. I can drive and listen. Love that. That's what makes podcasts grow so rapidly, right? Is it is where I can enjoy your podcast is not, you know, bolted down to my desktop computer. I can listen to it while I'm working out. I can listen to it while I'm driving. You know, it gives me time to learn when it otherwise would be dead windshield time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we go, let's let's shift gears to, you know, your own entrepreneurial journey to a multi-time startup guy and uh, probably learn some things along the way. Uh, you know, t- tips for, for folks who are on number one, number two, and uh, looking to make some success down the road. Yeah, so so I think the uh, couple things I've learned, um, and, and I will say the hard way, but, uh, you know, you know, it's not going to happen as fast as you like or as fast as you read it happens, right? So there is always the extreme of these four companies went from zero to $100 million in revenue in a day, right? They just, those are the extreme and that's not going to be your business unless you're one of those extremes. So really understand that, you know, it, it, it's going to take a little bit of time and don't get discouraged. Don't lose confidence. It takes time. Number two, um, very rarely, and this is a case for, for, for us as well. Very rarely is your, is your, your hypothesis, your thesis, you start with what you kind of get traction with. It kind of has to veer left and right a little bit. And if you are, how do I say this politely? If you are stubborn and you're trying to, you know, convince everybody that you're right, you're in for a really long haul. Instead, take your hypothesis to your, to your prospects, your audience, your, your mentors, and get some feedback and tweak as necessary because it, you know, their perception has to become your reality and not the other way around. Um, and I think the last thing is that, you know, there will be um, you know, I, 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 a, a good met- mentoring network that I rely on a lot. And, 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 and two or three of them always tell me, Greg, make sure you don't get too high or too low. Right. You got to stay in the middle because you can get really, really excited. But if you do, as soon as there's bad news, you're going to get really depressed. So kind of stay in the middle and understand there's going to be good and bad days. But as long as you're continuing to move that, you know, kind of up into the right, you're, 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 you're on the right track. And um Gosh, enjoy every minute of it because it's great. It's going to go by fast. And I've done, you know, like I said, I've done four or five of these now. And um, and it's just, it, they're exciting. Uh, I, as Keith Kroc, my mentor from Ariba, used to say, it's all about scary fun. <laughs> yeah, so that is an accurate description of startup life. I can tell you that right yeah, now. That's something. Yeah. Um, cool, cool. Well, so, all right. So if, if anybody's interested in the, the product, um, you know, wants to see how this works, I think it sounds really, really compelling, the, the experience where do they go? How do they find out more? Yeah, so we, we named the company Amadim, and in case you forget that name, it's My Demo spelled backwards. So if you go to the website, odemym.com, um, that's where you'll find us. You can you know, grab me there. I'm on LinkedIn constantly, so grab, you know, grab me on LinkedIn. And uh, by all means, please, let's have a conversation. I, I'm out to learn more and understand what your struggles are and in, 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 in growing your business and selling more software. And I'd you know, love to talk to people. So you know, reach out to me. Let's just have a conversation. Right, wrong, or different. We'll learn something. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Greg. Well, awesome. Thanks for the insights. Uh, thanks for joining us. We we'll look forward to more. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by gun.io. 
We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.